the Financial Times in London, I'm Ravi Mathieu, and this is FT News. Tencent is on a buying spree. The Chinese internet giant has been one of the most acquisitive companies in recent months, investing in Tesla, Snap, and last week, Spotify, the Swedish streaming service. Joining me to discuss the latest moves is Louise Lucas, the FT's Asia technology correspondent in Hong Kong. Louise, nice to touch base. Tencent has been doing a lot of investing and a lot of deal making. Can you tell us a little bit about what they're up to? Basically, Tencent is getting bigger. It's huge in its home market, but it's very much started off as a messaging app. It wants to get bigger, get into new areas, everything that is remotely connected, but straight on things like electric vehicles, music, content. It's going across the board. And it's worth reflecting that Tencent within China is massive. WeChat, you mentioned the messaging app, is used by so many Chinese to do everything from booking a taxi to doctor's appointments to paying for vegetables in the local market. So you mentioned a few areas they want to move into, Tesla, Snap, owner of Snapchat and Spotify among them. What do they hope to achieve by partnering with those companies? Nothing is 100% clear. On Snap, they have said that they bought it at an attractive price and they see an opportunity to collaborate on things like gaming. I think that's probably quite a big clue because gaming is very much at the heart of Tencent's DNA. It's how they began. Sorry, not how they began. It was very early on, though. And it's also the biggest revenue driver. Last year, they bought the uh, Finnish game maker Supercell. So that's been a huge thing for them. With Snap, there is an opportunity perhaps for them to do more, getting some of their games, their newsfeed onto Snap. The other key thing is that these are all massive learning opportunities for Tencent. Because while Tencent's huge at home, as you say, it's totally pervasive. You can't operate in China without WeChat, which has nearly a billion users. But they know very little overseas. And operating outside China is very different from inside China, where you've got the firewall and you work a lot more closely within the rules and you have no foreign competition because Facebook, Twitter and the rest are all blocked there. So once they go overseas, it's a whole different ballgame for them. So the opportunity to sit on, you know, perhaps on the board table, but to be able to do secondments, send their staff to the US and vice versa with companies that are at the forefront of things is a huge opportunity for them to just learn and see how things are done in the rest of the world. Of course, that's a very interesting point because a lot of the Chinese internet companies like Tencent are huge within their own massive market, but global ambitions are obviously there. And that experience of working with those groups to understand how to run a massive internet business in Western markets is obviously a big pull. With Spotify, the expectation is that they would like to spin off as a separate company for a public listing their music business itself. It's a 10% investment in each. So uh, Tencent Music has bought 10% of Spotify and, and vice versa. What is the particular collaboration that is expected to happen with that relationship? Again, there's not too much detail yet, but I think a lot of it is something that does give both of them something they'd like. They both want to boost up their values before they both list and both expected to list next year. And if you've got stakes in one another, Spotify no longer needs to say, you know, it's global ex-China, which, by the way, is a huge market and one of the fastest growing. And Tencent no longer has to say it's just China. They've both got tentacles into the full world. At the same time, I would imagine it's quite clever for Tencent. They don't necessarily want to bring Spotify in to compete with them in the music market, which they very much dominate at the moment through they've had a strategy of buying up local music players and bolting them together. So they totally dominate that market. But it does give them an opportunity, again, to learn. The other great thing it gives them is clout when it comes to bargaining, particularly with the record labels. This has been a big deal in China because the companies have paid massive, massive amounts for rights from the likes of Sony, Warner and so on. 
And in fact, the regulator has even said, you know, guys, this is enough. We can't have these ludicrous amounts of money being splashed out on content. So I think this is another way for them to be able to join forces and say to the guys, look, you know, we're not paying as much. Two of us together and very few of the record labels would be able to ignore the combined clout of those two. They'd have to at least come to the table and talk. One of the things that marks out Tencent and its Chinese internet peer Alibaba, the e-commerce group, is that these two companies have been able to still invest overseas in, in pretty substantial ways. By contrast, a lot of other Chinese groups that in recent years have been investing and in buying up things outside of their home market have been ordered by the state to just roll back on that. Why is it that the technology companies in particular, again, led by Tencent and Alibaba, have been permitted to continue to do deals of this nature where some of their uh, corporate peers have not been able to? I think, Ravi, the number one reason is they actually have the cash. So unlike a lot of the people that you're referring to where they are doing massive trophy assets, basically by leveraging up their balance sheets, these guys have got net cash on their balance sheet. They're earning cash. They're also earning dollars as well. So they're not even having to necessarily always get dollar funding. Alibaba just last month, I believe, raised 7 billion US dollars through the debt market. So they have the dollars, they have the cash, and they're sticking very much in their own areas. So I said they're getting wider and bigger, both, you know, bigger within the Chinese market. They're spreading into more areas and they're starting to try and go overseas. But they're still sticking very much with things that you could take the biggest asset they've got to bear, which is a massive traffic going on to WeChat, nearly a billion users, and just feed them more stuff, whether it's news, whether it's games, whether it's music. So things are staying pretty much in line. The other thing to bear in mind is that these are mostly smaller amounts, so they're not sort of splashing down billions and billions of dollars, again, for things like trophy assets, hotels, some of the other things that some of those other companies have been doing. It's generally smaller stakes, things like Tesla 5%, Snap 10%. And the final point that I think is really key is they're totally aligned with what Beijing wants at the moment. You know, Beijing wants to lead the world in AI by 2030. It wants to be seen as a tech giant. And these are its own tech champions, homegrown tech champions, and it wants to support them. The only caveat to that, of course, is Beijing very much was supporting the other people that you're referring to, HNA, Anbang, Fosun, and those guys, until it wasn't. So, of course, there is always a risk that things change. But for now, tech is so much at the heart of what Beijing wants that the interests are totally aligned. Louise Lucas in Hong Kong, thanks very much. I think this is going to be one of the big stories, the uh, tentacles of Chinese tech going worldwide.